0: John Vitti is the CEO of Versus Game, an online prediction money marketplace that allows anyone to play games. That asks players to calculate which celebrity will be trending on social media, what business will have a higher stock price, or what cryptocurrency will be worth more. Versus Games' goal is to allow everyone knowledge to be at play, opening up online betting platforms to everyone. John was influenced as a child by watching his immigrant parents struggle for work. Determined to find a better life, John found entrepreneurship and built a career that fulfills him. John has worked his way up through the startup world across multiple ventures through his resilience and know-how. This episode is truly a treat, and I'm just very inspired by John and his resilience to keep moving forward. John, welcome to the One Away Show.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you, (laughs) Brian.
0: Yeah, it's been good getting to know you. I really enjoyed our first conversation. I was like, you'd be a great guest. So here we are. Uh, John, start us out. Where where would you like to tell us about your one away moment?
1: So the one away moment that, you know, for me, that really... Changed my core, my personality, my outlook um, would have to be the when I was a lot younger. So when I was a kid, I you know I, I saw my dad getting laid off at work, fired, looking for work, trying to like ask friends for work, um, and that really resonated with me. So you know he was you know my parents were immigrants. They were born and raised on a farm in Italy. They were micro sharecropping farmers, which means they farm for trade, not for profit. So it's like, I got some chickens with eggs, my son's sick, I gotta go go to the doctors and you bring the doctor some eggs, right? Um, Or I got wheat, you got corn, let's trade so we can eat, right, let's do a little barter. Um, Pretty old school, no running water, no electricity. Anyways, they came over in a boat, the usual immigrant story no college education. And I always, and I saw my dad just struggling with that. Um, like no matter what he did, he was not in control of his destiny uh, of his, you know, and and money happens to be something that's really important. That affects you, your livelihood, your family, what you can do. Um, so it's, it's a real thing. Um, and so I didn't know it then. I just saw him and we we're like hanging out, but I saw, I, I felt it. Uh, the frequency, the vibration hit me. Uh, so, because when I grew up, I became a serial entrepreneur. Uh, I could never, I can't. I've tried it once at working for somebody else in a corporate company, and you know, I couldn't do it. Um, too much there from my yeah. childhood. So, I just wanted to go do it myself.
0: Yeah. So, now Thanks for the sharing <clears throat> and you know, vulnerability to how you grew up you said it. you just, you felt the vibrations, you felt very deeply, right? This pain or this lack of monetary resources for a livelihood. Uh,
1: What what, what did that feel like to you growing up? I mean, what? That's the thing that's interesting. When I was growing up at a young age, I didn't notice anything different. Like he was home sometimes and sometimes I didn't see him at all. Like when he did a good job, I saw him like, on a Sunday. Cause he was working seven days a week, super early, you know, the, the hours. And then when I saw him, he was just there all the time. And I, you know, but so that was like one stage. And then later on, I, I like started like kind of getting wind, like, Oh, you know, it's, it's hard for him to get a job or to, you know, keep the job or stuff like that. And it, it just kind of, it didn't like make me, feel anything towards him anything different towards him it made me feel something towards the environment uh the game corporate america uh all that kind of stuff and i was like i started kind of like you you have to fit a mold or you have to have this certain cover on your book to 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 do what this thing uh and so that was the vibration that hit me you know
0: And did, yeah, that makes sense. And did you know, as a kid that you didn't have you know, necessary means to maybe get by the way the, you know,
1: the way your neighbor might have had? No, I mean, well, <clears throat> speaking of, yeah, that's funny because I always tell my friends. Um, so for like my neighbor. <laughs> my best friend always had all like the toys and like the star wars and like i never had any of that shit but it was like oh i go over and play he had everything he had like even the weirdest stuff like the ship that that brought everyone over like in star wars or like these crazy like he was always the coolest halloween costumes and i was like a, a ghost every year for like a year <laughs> like the same bed sheet with the eyes cut open. you know what i mean um <clears throat> but like i would just get my i would always have my brothers hand-me-downs and so i just did, thought that was normal you know i don't know Only when you start aging up and aging out, then you're like, oh, okay. Like, you don't know anything different because you're in a bubble. Yeah. And then when you start experiencing and observing, stepping out, then you're like, oh, there's differences, you know? So I've seen, yeah, both sides of it.
0: Yeah. And just for cultural context, you grew up where?
1: I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts. Nice.
0: Okay. Beautiful area in the fall. Yeah, Uh,
1: (laughs) <laughs> just for that, like
0: two two months, two and a half yeah, months. Just for that September and October, it's golden. <laughs> then the uh, snap happens. Maybe August too. It definitely probably changes tide a bit. Ah, uh so, <laughs> so John, um curious, you know, you you clearly started to evolve in the bubble, maybe see the world a bit beyond home, and maybe your sense of identity started to shift to something that was more aspirational when did it when did something hit you that said I want more for my life and how did you know entrepreneurship was the vehicle to help you get there (laughs) well
1: it was kind of two questions in my mind so but first of all you know they my parents I mean I'm not gonna like shit on them they gave me every opportunity (laughs) they all the work they did went into their kids right they never took any vacations holidays stuff like that so I, I owe everything to them like a hundred percent I'm only here because of that period um and so I'm very grateful for them in that experience um but yeah so to answer your question I think it was probably like it started building up you know like middle school I didn't get invited like certain things in high school I was kind of like you know the nerd kind of loner different but then I started making some friends sort of and but sometimes they didn't want to Like that core of friends, they were trying to get with like the cooler people. And they didn't invite me along to like those types of things or parties. But then you start seeing stuff like, oh, they have cars, you know, in high school. Right. And it's like, so I started noticing it then. Hmm. And then even bigger, you know, in college, but it was hard to still connect the dots. But the, you know, it started compounding it in college. Like, ah, you know what? I like, even in high school, like people bought the cafeteria lunches and I brought mine from home. You know what I mean? But you know what? Fuck those lunches because there's like, <laughs> and like boiled fucking hamburgers or whatever. Like, yo, know, my mom is the bomb ass Italian cook, like she makes- <laughs> anybody. So I was like, whatever, you can keep that shit. <clears throat> um, but anyways, <laughs> but yeah. And I think what the entrepreneur side, it really didn't hit me until Okay. So I took classes like in school and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew that I hated school. I almost, I failed, I almost failed out twice, talked my way back into it. So I was like, I didn't know I I all, and I was good at like talking to people and like then in college, like making friends and talking and listening. So I I didn't know it, but I was fine tuning the skill that was really important for business sales, which is the same thing. Anything we do is sales, sales is touching it. Uh, Unless you're just on a beach fishing. the Fish don't care. Um, Everyone else does. So I didn't know it then, but I was fine tuning that. And then I started, I was working all, you know, through high school and college and I was, it was like food related jobs, like scooping ice cream. I got fired from that job because I would eat it. I was kind of like a little chubby uh, Italian kid, you know what I mean? And so I got fired from that and I worked at like a grocery store and I was drinking the chocolate milk I got fired from that. I was working at like another grocery store making sandwiches and I got fired from that. We'll never take a job for, with food again. Cause I'll just get fired.
0: It. I Yeah. I re- remember seeing your Instagram one ta- time and it
1: said that something about always getting fired. So this is. This oh nice. Yes. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yes. <clears throat> the truth. I got no, nothing. I got worked in a, uh, a Jewish bakery once and got fired. Cause the challah bread was delicious. You know what I mean? <laughs> so then I was like, you know what? Screw it. So then I, then I started working in college too and then uh, eventually graduated and I went to work at a, an anti-spam company. First corporate gig, polished up, excited. And I was like really good at what I did. It was sales, marketing, BD. And I, I was young and stupid though, and I thought I could do things better and different. And so I was like, you know what? I think I can do a you know a better job with this. So I, I left, went off my own, and then I started a company. So it was that all that culmination of like, being the black sheep, never forget fitting in, always being fired, like even at the corporate job, I was good, but you know, I didn't fit in. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go on my own. So that was like the tipping point. Mm-hmm. It was a, never one thing, but it was an escalation of all that. And then that one tipping point, I was like, you know what, this isn't for me. So mm-hmm. I went off.
0: Nice, nice. Well, I think those experiences are are so formidable, you know. Um, you know, growing up, not part of the, the average means of money and so maybe that was something right and then just doing these jobs and realizing you know this isn't for me or i'm getting fired or i just like my talents my talent you intuitively just knew my talents belong elsewhere my talents belong in a way that i can enact my own vision uh for the world so you know glad you did get fired from the jewish bakery yeah yeah. (laughs) that
1: bread was so good though to this day i go to an
0: ice cream shop or a bakery i'm like oh
1: no bad memories
0: (laughs) so you know and i also i mean i also empathize i i felt grew up feeling very similar right and i think a lot of entrepreneurs are the ones who don't fit into the the mold so your story is unique though and yeah. You, you tried to, it seems like over and over again. Um, so where, so where did your path, your entrepreneurial path lead? You realize I need to go and do this by myself. You know, what, what was your first crack at, you know, your own way? Uh, <laughs> if I sit, you're going to laugh. No, I want to, it's all, everything's on the table here.
1: All right. It's a safe space, right? Safe, it's a safe space. So the first man, this is embarrassing the first job, the first company I started was a pasta company. (laughs) (laughs) It was food related. Uh, It takes me a while to learn, I guess. So I I started this pasta manufacturing, wholesaling company. I would go make pasta because I make bomb pasta. I don't eat it out of the box ever. And so I would make it. I didn't eat it, uh, but I made it and I would go and sell it to like store, local grocery stores and local restaurants. It's really good. Uh, But then like, I, I found out that I could never scale it because it was two hands making it, walking through it, selling it, right? Taking the train, selling it, and I go back. And I couldn't scale that product company with mm-hmm. what the means that I had. So that was a big lesson, big lesson there. Wow. I learned to scale yeah. <laughs> and like services versus product.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, got, you got to start start somewhere. I mean, it's funny. You, you, uh, my, so my, my grandmother, she, she was a Well, my grandfather's full Italian. Nice. My grandmother always made ignacchi gnocchi and yes. it's his, his favorite, um, you know, Italian dishes. So, you know, I was a recipient of that growing up, which is, was great. Oh yeah. So, okay. Like where, I mean, so, so you did the pasta company, um, I just knowing you and kind of your background, you've had some great wins under your belt. Where, where did, when did you start kind of really building the skills, building the relationships that maybe put you on a meaningful entrepreneurial <clears> path? <throat> Obviously you have to start somewhere, but when did things, what was the point of transition from, you know, I'm going to test, try, build, iterate, see what happens to my first real company.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it's never just starting. And then this is the starting, there's no fresh starting point, but I know what you mean, but I just right. want to point out that all those things and the successes and failures and trials and phone calls with friends and just getting failed, failing out of college, like, you know, almost, um, all that builds those skills, that skill set. But the first company that was a success that I really had to hone in, it was, it was on me. Like, you know, all of it was, a. Uh, the third company out, it was a product company. Uh, it was a consumer clothing company, men's contemporary clothing, a fashion company. Yeah. And, and really hard. And so I was doing, I started off doing the designing, uh, the sales, manufacturing. I didn't sew it, but like I go to the local wear, uh, thread shop, sew shop, get the fabric, deliver it, and they would sew it up at the garment district in San Francisco. Huh. And then I would bring it back to my apartment, package it up go to UPS, FedEx, put the label on, stick it together, goes mountains of the stuff, like all that. <clears throat> and so all of it, sales, marketing, design, distribution, all, logistics. And I started like working and getting bigger and I go get a team and and I go get like o- overseas distribution and a logistics shipping center and salespeople and showrooms all over the world. We are in, we in all the stores, Neiman, Saks, you know, Kitson, Rolo, wherever you are, local to big everywhere, Asia, Dubai, Europe, North America. And it was great, um, but it was really hard. That was where I cut my teeth the most hmm. on being a full entrepreneur, making it work and grinding eight days a week. Wow. Wow. I, you, like, And the, the biggest thing that I found to the success of being an entrepreneur, if I could boil it down to one thing, I mean, yeah, it's like grinding and all that, the team all that stuff's super important but the biggest thing for me is overcoming an obstacle. There's going to be an obstacle a day, 20 sometimes, a big one, small ones. If you can create solutions, turn everything into an opportunity, and you can save your ass, then that's where that's where you'll succeed where others fail. Yeah.
0: Well, let's lean into that. I'm a big believer in resilience and in finding the way, right? When others don't see the way. Were there any moments in that first company that stick out to you where yeah, you're on the you're on the last wire. Things could have gone completely the other direction, and you know you found the silver lining. I mean, is there anything that sticks out that from that experience? Um, what do you mean, like a silver lining? Like, were, were there any moments where some, where, from that experience, you were talking about resilience and overcoming an obstacle? Were there any just stories <clears throat> that you can, when you think back to that first company where you built that resilience
1: muscle more profoundly? Oh yeah, I mean. It- I mean, small stuff that was big back then. But like, hey, um, <clears throat> we can't like. There's minimums involved with product stuff, like manufacturing. Like, hey, you got to you need like a you need ten thousand units, or you need to buy this huge, you know, tons of rolls of fabric, or you know, cartons of whatever stickers, like whatever, right? <clears throat> and it's like, wow, we don't have any budget for that, right? So you got like just we could either shut down or that's it, or find the money. We didn't have the money and we didn't want to shut down. So you talk to people and negotiate and say, Oh, how about we, let's split it up. Like you befriend people. You, you have a real relationship, real relationship, and you can get over those things. So just by, you know, digging in and asking questions and just making like recreating it a win for everybody instead of just going along with the norm. I hate the norm. The norm will kill you. So whenever you see a menu, Go off menu.
0: You know? <laughs> he feels like my life right now um john so when you were building this first company you know you talked about growing up right and, and realizing maybe you didn't have the access to money and in privilege and, and things that you you know became important to you ah you know what no the,
1: the less money was the privilege though mm. I have friends, it's hard to like see it back then, but I have friends that were privileged on, they had a bunch of money and they're in a different position than me right now. Um, I think being handed stuff, maybe that's a privilege. Maybe it's not, no one fucking knows, but you know, I think it's a privilege to to see both sides.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you bring up a good point. I, um offline discussion, but I do think privilege definitely can hurt people. Um. Yeah, the potentials there. Yeah, because they yeah a- yeah yeah burdens their independence and um uh, you know as you were making this ascent in your first company, did you see yourself finally kind of coming into a new maybe I should say social class or new means of being able to buy and appreciate things in a new way? I mean, do you have any kind of personal moments where you're like, wow, like I, I am doing it and this is different and this is this is where I need to continue to reinvest my time
1: yeah uh for sure like there were things like hey maybe i can have you know a dinner out tonight or i can afford a better apartment and a different neighborhood for sure um but I, i still didn't fit in there wasn't like oh i belong to this certain class now and these people accepted me that was that hasn't happened even today i remember fundraising in this company that's a rocket ship and people are like, you don't look like one of us. You didn't go to Stanford. You don't have blonde hair. You're not like as white with the crispy polo shirt, you know? And it's like, that's that book cover they want to read. That's that privileged book cover they want to read. And it's like, what the fuck? You know. What <laughs> I mean? uh, so today, to this day, it's unfortunately, there's biases out there. People judge. So Yeah,
0: yeah well, it's neat. It's, it's neat that you have that perspective, though, where you can walk into a room and and be different. And, you know, it's a continual process of overcoming. Yeah, um, so, you yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you had John, and we definitely want to talk about versus game because I think what you're doing is really interesting. Um, yeah. But you had a couple successes uh, along the way, a couple companies that were acquired. And then from what I saw, you know, we'll get to versus game. It looks like you had maybe a couple year period where you're trying to figure out your next step. Is that, that speak to you
1: yeah so i sold my last two companies they were successfully exited and then i I took some time off and traveled um so and i was putting together the thoughts and the plan and 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 the team for this and doing some super small private betas but i've always had this idea for like the last 15 years literally to do something like versus game a prediction game for the people by the people for the people like Where you don't have to be rich to make money. We're the ones consuming all the stuff. We should be rewarded for it too and get a piece of something that you love. You know what I mean? We're the ones doing all these products and services. You know, all this water cooler talk. You think, oh, LinkedIn's going to IPO here. Google's going to do this. Zuckerberg's that. We, you know, Justin Bieber's this. You can't get a piece of any of that stuff, especially if you're, you know, you're small like me. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, it's no, great, and
1: uh, you know, I think so necessary.
0: And glad you did take that time. So, tell tell us about versus game, and and where you said you had the idea for fifteen years, or it was building for fifteen years. How did it all come together? What's the vision behind it? How does it work? I mean, take us, yeah, take us into
1: the story a bit. So, versus game is a prediction game where you get paid if you're right. We're letting people predict the outcome of culture, and that means different things to different people. Uh, it's always changing, so it could be what's going on with Dogecoin or Tesla or the BBMA's or you know the Billboard charts, whatever, whatever you're into. Uh, there, there, you can find those games on Versus. It's a we are a reflection of what's trending in the universe. And as long as it's a pre- future event that you can predict something off of, and, and there's skill involved, then you can play. People are playing for fun, they're for free, for cool prizes, and cash prizes, and the and the genesis behind it is that. We consume so much content all day long. We naturally form opinions and predictions off of that content. It's that primal reptilian part of our brain. We can't stop. It's fun. We're wired to do this. We're wired to be on Spotify and be like this song's a, this is I love this song. It's gonna be it's a hit. This is gonna be huge. I'm gonna tell my friends whatever. But when was the last time you made fun of uh, money off of that new Drake song or that Cardi B song? Probably never. That's kind of crazy if you think about right. it. So that's our our mission is simple. Knowledge should be rewarded. And then when you go to the stock market, it's cool, but kind of, cr- I mean, it's kind of crazy and antique still where my bank account, my wallet is directly tied to the market, the free market, a.k.a. the masses, millions of people. But that's crazy because it's a hype game. It's a, it's all crazy. And if everyone just, if, if um, Elon Musk does a tweet and all of a sudden, things move around that i'm affected i want my bank account my yeah. wallet to be a tied to this my brain my knowledge only that's where that's a, a big piece of this as well you know sure. yeah
0: no i mean i think it makes a lot of sense especially in a era of continues to be about decentralization and breaking away from these common systems right and having more ownership of where we're going uh, which fits well into your story um talk to us about this you know how Yeah, then you say knowledge should be rewarded. So, how are different bets or or different predictions created? Are they user generated? Are they generated top down from the platform? I mean, that's really interesting. So, I'm curious how you've designed the platform in that regard for everyday people.
1: Yeah, user generated games, it's all self serve. One of our investors is Roblox, and they're like, hey, build it and get out of your own way. Because we're doing like a manual, like, approach like hey I'll, like customer service like success thing I'll, I'll build this game for you blah blah and we couldn't keep up with it so we're like you know what let's build a self-serve model content is king and queen and everything in between and then people can go and do it themselves and they can go and create the game the content and share it with their audience people come and play um, and have fun
0: yeah absolutely and, and how many where, where how are you building your user base i mean how are you building the community around it and, and driving people to the app keeping them there you know the the questions that you know on the business side
1: yeah uh human nature is our biggest is our biggest um user acquisition channel uh word of mouth referrals I'm a huge study of human behavior and so when someone has an idea thought prediction they have to go tell an opinion they have to go tell people hence the birth of facebook right that's all of social media i want to go tell, say some shit right and so we injected money into that. And then, bam, that's a perfectly designed loop. So now I'm extra, I'm normally motivated human behavior, but extra motivated financially and economically uh, to go tell people that here's my game. Here's my thought. Or I have, oh, I think this person's going to do this. I'm playing a game. I'm going to pick side A. I know my friend always likes side B. I'm going to, I'm going to beat him. I'm going to go send it to him too and share it with them. So it's always the sharing aspect. Yeah.
0: No, that's really cool. I mean, I just am thinking back to like college days with friends, right? And all the fantasy sports that I, I did, but yeah, you know, never stuck to. But it was it was very competitive and it was fun and it was communal, right? It was communal over a shared vision and passion and uh, desire. And so it seems like you're huge doing passion, that though. Right. What? Huge passion, right? Right. And huge passion and it's shared and when it's done in that shared group, right. It, it's, it's fun. And, and so I, I totally get it, but you're doing it on a cultural level uh, for, for many things. Right. And I think that's, what's so interesting. It's beyond sports, right. It's beyond music, but I'm sure right. it takes those into account. Right. Yep. And what's your vision? You know, what, what, where do you see this going at the end of the day, John?
1: You know, I want this to be a, a household name where we're putting real money in real people's pockets. That's the goal. I want people to like the selfish goals. I want to give people paid period. And that stems to right back to my childhood. It's all connected. Yep. So I,
0: I, I wish you the best Given your track record. I'm sure you're going to have a nice outcome, but uh, you know, you still need some, you know, still some work to do. And I'm excited for you. Thank you. Uh, Just a question for you, which I think is interesting here. Um, I could be totally off base and this may come out of left field, but it seems like you're a, you know you, you've studied the ego a lot you're like you know rem- about removing the ego however you know you have a platform and just like the way you've ascended I think in culture like you you've been able to attain right and you're you're giving people a platform to attain more so I'm just curious how you know when we think about like dissolving the ego and stripping that away how that comes into effect when you have a platform that's helping people accumulate more
1: yeah. Great question. I, it, it stems, this is deep. Uh, I mean, it really stems from my childhood. I, I still to this day, understand that money is important right. uh, to eat, to put shelter or pro- to provide to your family. Um, so I, I know like that stuff is still important. Uh, I think there's a balance. I think that one way, to, all the way, one way is too extreme. Um, so I think a balance is good. It's the cards that were dealt Again, unless you're just fishing and farming and that's it. Um I, I think it's a balance. So I think that, you know, I want because of my childhood, I want to provide. I want to be able to provide money for people and give them a way that their bank accounts attach to their brains. You know what I mean? It's it's that's the board game we're all we're all here. That's the universe. So I want them, I want more people to be able to play that couldn't play before. Yeah. I would say level of playing ground. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, I think it's a great answer. And I, I like what you said. We're all dealt hand of cards in life and it's how we choose to play them. But you, the, your point on extremes is, I think, very interesting too. Um,
1: yeah, I, yeah. Sometimes you don't, I think sometimes you have to get to the other side of the money thing to understand ego and, hey, this is actually not important. But if you're all, if you're struggling brother, you don't even know how to spell ego, like get rid of ego. Like it's just all about that. And you, that's overwhelming and stressful. So it's like, give them some, and then maybe they can, you know, figure it out for sure. Well,
0: no, I mean, John, this, this has been I think a really great
1: interview. Um, I think think so too. It's fun.
0: And uh, good learning about your childhood and kind of where you came from and kind of the trajectory of your career and life. And, also, what you're building, and just super excited for you, and um, yeah, where where can people find you and, and get in touch, or download the app and platform?
1: Yeah, uh, you know versusgame.com on the iOS or versusgame.com on any uh, on any mobile browser. So we're a mobile game. Um, yeah, it's just or Instagram. Go to versusgame. Awesome.
0: Well, I will send people your way. We'll put it in all the links, give people a place to download everything. And uh, yeah, really, really great to do this. Excited to show this.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you.
0: If you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, I hope you leave a review on the platform of your choice and share it with a friend who you think would find it valuable. If you'd like to receive a written newsletter and thought leadership, head on over to bwmissions.com newsletter and subscribe. See you on the next show.